0: In this episode, we're gonna be unpacking the importance of activating young people for a fruitful youth ministry. This is the Youth Ministry Mindset Podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Youth Ministry Mindstep podcast with voices from Alpha and Y Disciple out of Net Ministries. I'm your host, Joshua Danis, joined by co-hosts Jordan Berry and Annie Grandel. And today we're going to be unpacking the concept of transactional to transformational shift in youth ministry under the lens of reproducibility as it relates to empowering young people. So let's focus on empowering young people. Jordan! What does that look like?
1: Yeah, I'm so glad you set it up that way because um, when I was in youth ministry uh, for 10, 11 years, one of the things that mattered um, to the life of a high schooler when it came to like their faith growing roots was when we actually gave them roles, we actually empowered them, said you can be a part of this ministry. I'm not doing ministry to you, I'm doing ministry with you. And so what happened is we actually would, asked them to be leaders in the kids ministry. We asked them to be leaders in any sort of missions thing that we do. We asked them to be leaders uh, in our, well, yes, our high school leaders to be uh, leaders in our middle school ministry. And every time um, what happened was their faith deepened because when a sixth grade boy says, well, how do I really know that God exists? And the high schoolers like, I don't know. I believe that my whole life. I don't know what to say to that. I don't know how to respond to that. They then go on this discovery journey themselves. They're like, what do I actually think about this? What do I actually believe about this? And then also when they see their friends come to know Jesus or they see their friends actually grow in their faith, their faith blossoms as well. Mm -hmm. So empowering youth will ultimately allow their spiritual trajectory to take off. Mm -hmm. We need to create this space for them to do that. And, um, I want to create a space for Annie to speak in this too. But one of the big things that we actually, when I talk with youth ministers around the country is they're like, yeah, we like this idea. We think it's good. How do you do it? Mm-hmm. Like how you, how do you actually do that? And, and it's, it's tough because the reality is it's, it's, I'm going to give you a framework to do it, but we all know that formulas and frameworks will always crumble eventually it's not meant to be followed to a T it's, but at heart um, empowering young people is all about relationships. Mm. It's about journeying with them through what it looks like to integrate into the ministry of the church. So here's, here's the formula, framework, whatever you want to call it. And then I'm gonna let Annie to talk about this idea of empowering youth. Um, and then we'll just kind of chat about it. I guess we mentioned interested in here, what she has to say, but here's the idea. The idea is that we'll call it mall. M A W L,
2: not well, like Mall of America. I mean, this is
1: Minnesota. I actually just got really weak when you said Mall of America. <laughs> I hate shopping. <laughs> I genuinely loathe shopping. Me too. No. I do. Wow.
2: Wow. Stereotype. Okay, much? No.
1: no. <laughs> 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 and get, that's a wrap, everybody.
2: <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was okay. a verbal punch to the go guy. Go on. So. Go on. Go on. Sorry.
1: Oh no, it's good. So mall. mall not mall of america mall m-a-w-l and um it's an acronym for model assist watch launch model assist watch launch so the first step in how we actually go about um, empowering young people is we want to model it we want to model what it looks like to you know be in a leader in the youth ministry we want to model what it looks like to serve in um a soup kitchen we want to model what it looks like to serve in some social justice area we want to model it so the leader whoever is leading that student would model what it looks like to to lead at that capacity. And then the second step in that is you want to assist. The leader's going to assist. So they're actually saying, hey, you got this. Why don't you go? You lead this now. And then you assist them along the way. And of course you're chatting the whole way through this process. So you model it and then you assist in it. Then you watch them. So you're still with them, but they're doing everything they're leading the whole thing. Maybe they're leading in a group conversation. You've modeled it, you've assisted them, and now you're just watching them. You're watching them lead the group conversation. And then you talk about it afterwards. Mm. And then at the very end, you launch it. And this is when you say, hey, you got this. I see this in you and you got it, you go. But then here's the trick though. You have to make sure that you instill in them this practice of also developing other people with the M model assist watch launch, yeah. so that they themselves—you can say mauling another kid, which sounds bad, you know—but <laughs> but they themselves are actually empowering their friends, or empowering other people, yeah. or even empowering a younger kid. Like even a third grader or a second grader or a first grader. So we stop delegating youth ministry and delegating the role of youth ministry. We start integrating youth ministry to the whole and empowering young people all the way through it. And it's not just roles inside of our direct ministry as youth ministers. It's the whole church. I was in a, um, well, I was in a church that we had your worship leader, classic big stage lights, fancy, you know, and we had a retreat where we had all of these like 1500 students come to this retreat. Now, typically when you're that size, you only do professional artists. Like you like pay people out to come. We were very intentional about having students on stage. Mm. Now that's a thing in itself where, you know, the drive to be on stage kind of creates some problems for us, but, but we are very intentional saying it, the stage is just a stage. Anybody can stand on this. Mm. It doesn't matter mm. how old you are, how young you are. The stage is just a stage. You can do this. And anybody walking in, anyone being a part of the ministry saying, you can do this. You know, sometimes there's this like holier than thou kind of mentality when it comes mm. to being in youth ministry. And it's mm. like, that's not it at all. Yeah. Jesus did this. Remember when Jesus sent out the seventy-two? he said, hey, you go do it. You yeah. go preach the kingdom. And then come back. And then come back. And, and, and when he did that, and he was a model, he was modeling it. He was assisting. He was watching, and then he launched. And here's the thing: when he, when they came back, they, they I'm the, I'm totally paraphrasing the verse, but they basically said, "Jesus, it worked."
3: Yeah.
1: And you could hear yeah. that, and they say their faith is deepening in that moment. It's like it worked. Yeah. Yeah. And Jesus yeah. is like, "Yeah, but remember, your name's in the book of life," which is then an identity thing. It's like don't yeah. don't find identity in what you're doing. Find identity in 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 me and being in the book good. so anyway that's the idea of uh mall yeah. mall the mall, the mall yeah. reminds
0: me a little bit of i've heard it described as the i do then we do then you do and then i guess you're even taking another layer okay now you go do and i'm not even gonna watch anymore you got this mm-hmm. feel free to come back and check in and make sure you're doing all right well, But
1: you yeah. got this How and i would say you, oh, well, real fast yeah sorry andy Then no, i'm done <laughs> I promise.
2: I would stop. say, I
1: would say in the, the, the thread that holds all of us together. And this is why I kind of set it up saying it's a formula, but formulas can break down is the relationship. You don't, when you launch them, you it's not like, Hey, you launch and you go out and we never yeah. see you again, never talk to you again. You always talk to them. You're always developing them. You're always having conversations with them, but this is a way for us to um, integrate them into the, in the whole of the ministry. So it's, it's important that we don't think like oh this is how we just reproduce ourselves a million times over so i don't have to do anything no yeah. like you're doing the work of being a discipler mm-hmm. and you're integrating them to do something with you
2: yeah and 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 i love how you set up that that mall acronym because um that that's something that's so integral to the Y disciple model is you know we often say people will say I, i'm looking for a discipleship program i'm like well keep looking like <laughs> there there really isn't a discipleship curriculum. Um, It's, we're not a program. It's an apprenticeship in the Christian life. Mm. And what you're talking about is, is just that it's apprenticeship. That's how people learn trades. You don't just, and and that's still done um, broadly in the medical community. You don't just go to school and become a doctor. Um, There's, there's a lot of steps along the way. um, And it's, it's truly an apprenticeship. Um, And, and too often in ministry, what I would do is I would model and launch I I would skip those middle steps where Um, I would say, okay, you know, I'm going to give you a great talk on prayer. And then go have a prayer life. Like that never works, <laughs> yeah. right? Did you
1: so, say it just like that? Go have a now prayer go. life.
2: go. <laughs> be amazing. No, that's 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 not how it works. Oh, um, so I mean, that can be applied to way more than than just leadership development. But I think that's that's also really true. And actually, you say make this guy shut up. I, I love watching you get fired up about this. I it reminds me of a story of a, just an utter fail for me. So when I first started in ministry, I was like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going I'm to build up the teens to be evangelists and they're going to be great. And I was 22 and had no idea what I was doing. And my first day on the job, my first day, I got hired in the middle of my senior year of college. So I was still in college. The first thing they had me come to was their confirmation retreat. Hmm. Um, and they knew I had a background with with Net Ministries, and said, "Oh, this lady, she can teach them how to do skits." That's that's what my that's, job that's was. Net. That's what yeah, Net does. That's they all do Net does. Oh, not even close. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so my job for the day was to take a couple of teenagers that they got to volunteer um, to help out that day and teach them some skits. I was like, I'm, I'm gonna one up this. I'm not even gonna do just the funny skits. We're gonna do like a serious drama. And I had like an hour with these guys to oh teach goodness. them what to do. It was not wise. Um, <laughs> so there's this there's this known drama in the Catholic world where it's a kid who's going to confession and he's kind of blown off the idea of confession altogether. And he's like, I'm going to make up a confession. So he goes and says like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm responsible for starting COVID or something just ridiculous. Um, And the priest knows he's making fun of it. And so he says, All right, so what I want you to do before I give you absolution is I want you to go out um, and look at the crucifix and say three times out loud, you did all this for me and I don't give a damn. And slowly over, each time he says it, by the time he gets to the third one, he's like, I... It's he's serious about it. He realizes, I don't give a damn. And then he goes back into confession and confesses for real. Um, so I teach these guys these skits. It's going to be amazing. And I'm like 22 and thinking I'm edgy. And I'm like, he's, I'm going to get him to say damn on a confirmation retreat. And I'm going to win, like, cool points for that somehow. I'm a moron. Um, <laughs> and this kid gets up there and does this skit that I taught him in minutes. And he gets up and he's looking at this whole crowd of confirmation students. And he says three times, you did all this for me and I don't give a damn. Then he walks off stage, and there was no resolution. Oh no! <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't resolve it. He just said, "I don't care," and that's how the the skit ended in front of. That's
0: pretty serious. Everybody, oh. I was like, "Oh
2: my gosh, this oh, is a no. pastoral and theological nightmare," <laughs> and it was day one, literally day one. What a setup! So I didn't do any of that well, but I think the the thing that I did poorly in in what you're talking about is. Not just that moment, but I gave them jobs. I didn't empower them to be leaders. I didn't apprentice them. Mm. I just gave them tasks. And that was that was my failure. Yeah.
1: And mm-hmm. and, and one thing too in this is that um, we kinda mentioned how this kind of deepens faith. High schoolers are asking, what difference does my faith make? Yes. They're looking for things to integrate yeah. mm-hmm. themselves into. And we just have to create those opportunities and we can't replicate jobs because they're going to know when a job is hollow. They don't want to do anything hollow. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, they're going to tell when it's just token, when they're given something that's not actually important. Mm -hmm. I kind
1: of have this, I have this picture in my head of like, you have a hole in your boat and you shove a Rice Krispie treat down there and hope it stays afloat, you know? (laughs) You got that. That's kind of like what shoving a high schooler or whatever middle schooler into Mm -hmm. a role and not actually walking them through the process of what it looks like Mm -hmm. to, model, assist, watch, launch. And, and yep. we just can't do that because that's detrimental yeah. to your ministry. It's detrimental to the student. It's detrimental to the parent. And you lose trust of the parents. You yeah. lose trust. It's just, we can't do that. So we can't be so quick to just shove people in places. We need to disciple them.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm kind of getting the image of, um, the, you know, mentioning the shift between transactional and transformational. As you are describing what it was like to get them ready, I got the image in my mind of, um, a factory that makes cars. Mm. And in a factory that makes cars, you just take one piece, you put it on, you slap in the next place, you just keep bringing it on down the line. And hopefully at the end, you have a car. And usually there's a lot of little kinks and critiques that need to be fixed in the car. Uh, at best, it's gonna function, but it's not really gonna be a sharp looking car. Yeah. But then there's this thing out there called Formula One racing, where it's, it's not this factory line of development. It's this perfect, process of constant tinkering and improvement and adjustment and then you take it out for a spin and you let them try it out and you see how it goes mm-hmm. and you make subtle adjustments over the whole season yeah. to get not a factory developed car, but a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. And each of us is a masterpiece. And so giving these young people, not just a role, not just a job, but working with them and tinkering with them and giving them places to, to win and, then, and to try and to fail sometimes mm-hmm. and improve gradually that's the masterpiece that God has in mind for them.
2: Yeah, and I think I think what you lay out with your formula, um, the key thing of it is we don't have a kid who comes on a retreat and begins to have a conversion and then we just launch them into leadership. That that we're walking with them, that we're inviting them into the ministry with us, um, but we're not just saying now you're the sixth grade teacher, um, <laughs> which. Yeah. I've also done that. Mm -hmm. Um, Gosh, people are going to think I was a terrible youth minister, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, but that we're walking with them um, and not just throwing Mm -hmm. them into the deep end.
1: Yeah. Like don't fill holes, nurture the gifts. Yes. And, and sometimes gifts can come across as like sparks, like what makes, what makes their eyes light up? You know, Mm -hmm. when you, when you have to help them discover their gifts, their unique giftings, Mm -hmm. but then also put them in spots where they can then develop those. And, it's exciting when that happens.
0: Well, and let's dig into that a little bit, Jordan, because that actually leans well into another concept that's important for us to explore, especially in the context of a Catholic parish. Uh, the, the youth ministry is not a church unto itself. Everyone present there has special giftings and grace from God that are meant to serve the whole. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. giftings are gonna pop up in areas that don't necessarily directly relate to youth ministry. Yeah, What do we do with that?
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you on the concept of, of integrating, um, I think a lot of times when we think of teenagers in the church, we think everything that they do has to be a youth ministry event. Mm. Um, that the youth ministry is going to go to the soup kitchen. That uh, that the youth ministry is going to take over this this mass. Um, but it, but instead, what we need to do is invite young people. Um, we don't just dump young people, but invite young people to go with the the group, the social justice group that's going, to and making sure they've got all the proper permissions and stuff like that. But if they're going to a soup kitchen. <laughs> have them bring a teenager along instead of it becoming another thing that the youth minister has to do and organize, give them opportunities to integrate in, in what's going on in the parish. Um, make sure the liturgist knows that you've got this teenager that's on fire and have them invited to become a lector. There's, there's so many different ways that we can do it and it doesn't have to be, and it actually shouldn't be just a youth ministry event.
0: Yeah, that's great. It, it gives the image that we are not a an adult church and a youth church, but we are a church that has all these roles and functions and responsibilities, and some of them are filled by youth.
1: Dang, I was looking for a quote and I can't find it. (laughs) I didn't come as prepared. Annie has like all these books and Josh is quoting C.S. Lewis, every other line, you know. (laughs) I'm not that intelligent, but I'll paraphrase it here, but it's coming from the Growing Young study from Fuller Youth Institute again. Mm. And it talks about how, they ask a question like, well, how is it even worth growing young? Mm. Is it even worth it? And they talk you through all these different things about how um, all these studies are showing that when you do grow young and you empower youth, you engage them in the mission, um, the overall church has more health, more vitality, more passion, more service, and, and even more money. Like people actually get really excited about what's happening. And they, they give, I mean, not that youth ministers would be like, you know, give me more of that pie or something. You're, I don't know about like, but there, but when youth are integrated into the whole, there is a sense of like a a revitalization that happens. Yeah, And I think in some ways it's kind of like the upside down way, mm. the way that God works, mm-hmm. you know, and I love it. And I've seen it play out in churches across America and youth bring this component of, an upside down nature of the kingdom now I know that that's what Jesus is talking about is, is different but I've seen it over and over where, where God is using young people to bring this sort of like revitalization in the church that causes the whole church to open its eyes and say God is on the move yeah. you know, okay I'm going to quote C.S. Lewis ready for this <laughs> you know my favorite moment in C.S. Lewis is uh, well it's a movie I didn't read the book I read the, I've watched the movie but Chronicles of Narnia with the beaver you know yeah. he goes he goes Aslan's on the move yes and I feel like the churches who have grown young, who are the ones who are actually in and empowered and integrated youth ministry are basically the ones saying God is on the move. Yeah. And that's what we need. Mm-hmm. And, and for the youth ministers listening to this, we have to champion this. We can't assume that people get this. We need to cast a vision for this. We need to say, Hey, how can I best, how can my young people serve you? Yeah. Go to, uh, what like give me a staff role that you think you would be great. To talk to Annie, like, what's a good staff role that a youth minister can talk to? A good what
2: a staff role? Yeah, a staff sorry. role. Sorry. Um, go talk to the social justice coordinator. Great. Okay. Go talk to the liturgist. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and say and ask him, hey, how can my young people serve you? Mm-hmm. What are the ways in which we can integrate young people to your ministry? Mm-hmm. The things that you are championing, you're leading for the whole, and your person is going to be like, wait, what? You want to help me? <laughs> yeah, you, know, you actually want to? You want to implement like something with this and. Mm-hmm. And then together with that other staff person, um, you can create spaces for young people to walk in fullness of the life of the church. That's mm-hmm. great.
0: It's really good stuff. And it's a great practical suggestion of actually just connecting some dots. Mm-hmm. But another lens that we can look at in terms of empowering young people is the importance uh, of empowering them right into ownership of the youth ministry that they are part of.
2: Yeah. Yet, yeah, this is something that I'm particularly passionate about. Um, if, we, if we want young people to take ownership of the faith, to take ownership of their own relationship with the Lord, we need to invite them to start taking ownership in other things much earlier. Um, I, what we do, what we tend to do, is we have this like monolith that is youth ministry, right? Um, The the youth group is doing this. The ninth graders, even we'll we'll do it by age. The, The ninth graders, have their class on this night, they have no idea what the curriculum is. Their parents just signed them up because it's the ninth grade, right? Um, can you imagine the announcement at church? Hey guys, today all the 48 year olds will be meeting. That's just, that makes no sense. We wouldn't categorize adults by a single year. It would even be odd if there was a group that was like, hey, it's the 40 year olds um, are meeting. Well, what about, it It just doesn't make sense. Um, so I, I really believe that we need to invite young people into the process of ownership from the very beginning of ministry, Um, doing things like saying, hey, if you could be, uh, let's look at small groups, for example. Um, If you could be in a small group with anybody you want, who would you ask? Who who would you want to be in a small group? Instead of me assigning it, this was hard for me to let go as a control (laughs) freak, really hard in ministry for me to let go of this one. But when we said, who do you want to be in a small group with? And they started to identify a group of friends Um, what happened was i wasn't forcing them to gel there it is something in common it was it was based on affinity um when we said if you could ask anybody in the group in the parish to be your leader who would you ask they started identifying people that i didn't even know were in our pews um when we had a small group finish up A certain content piece and they needed to move on to something else instead of pushing them through a linear curriculum what if we ask our students what do you want to talk about Mm. what if you have content that you know you can trust um, that it's it's not gonna go off into crazy land somewhere you know in any direction um, <laughs> what if we say, "What do you want to talk about?" Because teenagers aren't interested. Adults aren't interested in answers to questions that they're not asking. Yeah. Uh, so, inviting them to take ownership at every level and doing the same thing with their families. Yeah. Um, what I found once when I said, "You know, who do you want to be in a small group with?" The mom of this this kid was she was a mover and a shaker in our parish, and she said, "You know, what if we invite?" so-and-so uh, we'll call him dj what if we invite this kid because he his parents are going through divorce right now and he, he really needs a, a solid father figure in his life guess what i didn't know that about dj hmm. um, but she did and it, it expanded the ministry beyond me and it it invited those kids to reach out to their friends in a way that was non-threatening.
0: I get this image as you describe this uh, of the Wizard of Oz. And you know, when Dorothy shows up for the first time, there's this big blue face and there's the curtains and it's all terrifying. It's very impressive. It's a show, right? It's an an entertainment. And I, I kind of thinking back on my early days of participating as a volunteer of youth ministry, we had this grand production and we kept everything hidden and we just wanted them to see the front of how everything looked good. And now I'm seeing that what if rather than putting on the show, you just pull back the curtain, you say, "Hey, here's all the gears and levers <laughs> and here's what they do. And yeah. can you show us how, to, how you would shift how this all works so we could make it better? Mm. So it's not a show, it's, it's, a, it's a process that they're part of. Mm-hmm. They're, they're actually helping build the thing that they're benefiting from.
1: Yep. They're talking about it anyway. And you're just letting them get a chance to talk about you with it. (laughs) Like they're already talking about this with each other. You just, you're jumping into the conversation they're already having.
2: Yeah, it's very true.
0: And another thing that this can potentially offset is a challenge that we talked about with the rest of the church as well of the question of the consumer mentality. Mm-hmm. We don't want our youth, even from day one, to just be there to consume religion. Yeah. We don't want them to just be there to get the answers. Uh, we want them to be participating. And so by giving them ownership, by helping them identify roles, hopefully they can see this as a servant mentality that they're earning into, that they are both receiving mm-hmm. and giving. And there's this... Uh, mutually beneficial cycle of give and receive, give yeah. and receive. Breathe in, breathe out.
2: Yep. And I found when we invited them into that process, um, even in particular with something like choosing content, I was going to, I was going to pick good content for them, right? I was going to do something awesome, right? <laughs> but <laughs> they knew that. I knew that. Obviously. But yeah, no. But when I said to my group of girls that I was discipling, I said, you know what? what do you want to talk about next? And then I would hand them my laptop with with the options. And I remember this particular dialogue where one of them said, well, let's talk about this hot topic here. Um, I really want to know why the church teaches this. And another girl said, well, yeah, that'd be really interesting, but... I don't know if that makes sense to me yet because why do I care about what the church teaches about this if I wanna know why the church has authority to teach anything about anything? So yeah. what, if, what if maybe we do the study on, on the church first so I can understand that? And then and let's do that one next. Mm. I had no part of this conversation. They had this conversation. And when we started the one on the church, they're like, all right, let's do this because they knew hot topics were coming next. So they were all in on, on learning about the church where if we had just said, um, all right, now we're going to do a lesson on the church. Good chance they would have checked out, Mm. but they were a part of the conversation. Yeah.
1: That's That's really good. good. I like that example. I'm going to steal it. Great. Okay,
0: good. (laughs) Uh, Another question that this often uh, leads to is, um, even just the, what Francis has called the, uh, the insular focus of Mm. the church. How do we, from the point of being young people, create systems that lead people away from this insular focus where it's always about who's at the church and what's happening in the church and how are we serving the people already here? Mm -hmm. And we have instead a lens that pushes us to the margins, uh, both the physical margins of the poor and the the desolate and the spiritual margins of those who simply don't have a relationship with Christ. Mm -hmm. And I know historically we have a tendency to, as Catholics to say, hey, maybe, after 10 years of theological formation, I'll finally be ready to go out and talk to somebody else about Jesus. Uh-huh. How can we take this idea of ownership and leadership amongst young people to already set us up for success, that
1: they don't have to have it all together to be called to serve?
2: Do you have something you wanted to say?
1: Well, so I love this question because um, here's what I'm discovering about Gen Z, and then I'll just pull it back to Gen Z. I'm discovering about Gen Z that they are very much the generation like the woman at the well. Okay. And what I mean by this is, whenever young people really discover Jesus and taste the water He's offering, the life life to the full, they can't help themselves, but go talk about it. Mm -hmm. They can't help themselves, but go share it. Because this whole generation is looking for this. And it didn't matter if it's Orthodox, Catholic, Protestant, like I'm finding that every young person when they really genuinely experience and encounter Jesus, they, go tell, they just go tell people about him. And, you know, the Woman of the Well story, the whole town ended up coming out, you know, and yeah. um, that actually was a great place of revival in, in the New Testament later. Yeah. So to me, like, if we can show them Jesus, Jesus is attractive enough that they will then want to share Jesus with others. Yeah. And I'm sure there's lots of layers that we can unpack with that. Um, but I think for us, if we show them Jesus, help them fall in love with Jesus and then create avenues for them to share that with others, Mm -hmm. that's what we do. Mm -hmm. Now, all along the way, you know, other people coming to know him, um, their friends coming to this relationship with Jesus, we can tell those students, hey, it's not on you. Yeah. It's not on you. Their conversion is not on you, but loving them, that's on you. Mm. Yeah, and, and also that's really freeing for them to be like, of course I want to love them. I want them to know this.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: and, and then we just say, go get them. <laughs> How can I help, <laughs> you know, like let's do something together. And so th- that's actually one of the things I'm so excited about with this Gen Z is like, they're already running. They're charging hell with a squirt gun <laughs> and they think they can win and they are because Jesus is with them. And it's fun watching it happen. At least that's my perspective. Annie, you probably have a different perspective.
2: No, and I I mean, I I think you're right. And I think one of the most important things about when we talk about sending young people um, on mission, um, sending young people to evangelize, um, the thing that I think about is, for example, like the the Mormon missionaries, right? Uh, I did some research and last year there was a little bit over 85,000 Mormon missionaries out there doing, door to door evangelization. Um, and they ran, they got about a little over three converts per missionary, per missionary. That's it. Slightly over three per missionary.
0: Still 80,000 of them going out and three per missionary. That's a good year.
2: That's, that's not bad. Um, but their numbers are actually going down. The number of converts are actually going down for them. Um, but Statistically, not statistically, we and we're going to edit that part out. Um, but. <laughs> but um, what we also know is while their, their missionaries might not be converting tens of thousands of people, their, their Mormons are some of the best, according to Christian Smith, um, researcher out of, the, out of the University of Notre Dame, um, they're some of the best at articulating their doctrines hmm. because they have to because they're out there on the streets talking with people and they have to be able to answer people's questions. And what it does is it, it drills those doctrines down in the missionaries themselves to put it in a Catholic context. We have our, our net missionaries, the people that I work with. Um, I served as a net missionary when I was 18 years old, fresh out of high school. I was like on stinking fire and just wanted to convert the whole world. And I I, I come out to Minnesota for the first time and I'm like, this place is cold. Why am I here? And now I'm still here. Um, And And it's still cold. You're not better at all. (laughs) it's still cold. But to to become a missionary and convert everybody. But what that year did for me is it drilled down our doctrines. And it drilled down my love of the Lord. And it gave me an opportunity to grow in my own formation. Um, And the person most changed of my year was me. Yeah. Not the people I was ministering to. And so now I work for NET and I see NET, yes, NET is about, evangelizing young people, mm. and, and that's primary. But you know who NET is really for? It's for the missionaries. Mm. And it's drilling down those, those doctrines in the missionaries um, so that they become stronger, more faithful Christians and evangelizers themselves after yeah. their ministry year.
0: What I'm hearing from you guys is that if you wanna see young people who are alive in Christ, then find young people who are activated in Christ. Mm-hmm. Or bring them to a place where you can participate in the Holy Spirit's work yeah. of activating them in Christ, and it is in that activation that their life, will, their faith, will come alive.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and that happened to me in high school. My youth minister, um, at this, you know, small rural town in Michigan, um, I was, I was activated. I was, I was on fire and, and wanted to evangelize my entire public high school. And it was, it was in particular the year that the Columbine shootings happened. Mm. And I remember feeling like there's the lack of God in our lives is causing great distress in the world. Um, not like public schools were causing it, but I wanted to be, I wanted to be sharing my faith with everybody that I could. Um, and he's like, great, I want to give you some tools. And so he, he started to train me on like, how do you get how do you evangelize? How do you articulate the gospel? Um, he helped me start a group at my par- at my high school that met before school where we would get together and we would pray. Um, we would share the gospel. Um, we would pray over our classmates. Um, and we saw powerful things happening. But it was because my youth minister was walking me walking with me through right. that. Had I just gone out on my own and be like, I'm going to evangelize my high school. I'd been like <laughs> standing on the top of the gym, shouting fire and brimstone, probably not that effective, but he gave me tools on how to do it. That's
1: good. And that's, that's really what we need. we need. We need uh, a whole fleet of people who will give tools to Gen Z mm-hmm. to have those conversations, to love their friends really well. Yeah. Because they're kind of already doing it. <laughs> In some ways they're doing it, but if we equip them to do it, it's mm-hmm. a game changer. Yeah.
0: Well, we're just about to that time where I wanna get back to one of my favorite questions, guys. Imagine you got 10 minutes to sit down with a handful of adult ministers uh, who are pretty new to the work of youth ministry, and you have to talk to them about the importance of their role in empowering young people. What are the key takeaways you wanna focus on for them?
1: One of the first things comes to mind is um, get out of the way and don't take control. Mm. Yeah doing well with a few is probably far greater than having an inch deep impact with a thousand. Sure. The church is still moving Mm -hmm. and you're just partnering with the Holy spirit and the stuff anyway. It's his church and yeah. So get out of the way and, and you know what? Another thing too is like, there's, there's lots of fear that, that surfaces for this. Um, what if the student screws up? Mm
3: -hmm. What if the
1: student fails? What if I set up the student to fail, (laughs) you know? And I think we have to understand that, um, sometimes failing for a young person is the best way to come alongside them and saying, Hey, your failure, isn't a failure.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, just look at Annie. She shared with us every conceivable mistake she could have made along the way, <laughs> yeah. and it's made her an incredible youth minister. So, the more time you screw up, the better you're likely
1: to be. Well, I, you know. so do
2: everything I did. No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, the, but, but I will say that doing it this way, you have to create the space. Yeah, you have to create the space. There are many things that you don't need to do. Um, do the things that only you could do. Um, but when but what anybody else can do, let someone else do. Mm. Like, and, and do that then for your leaders. Do what anyone else can do and then let your leaders do what only they could do.
2: The thing that I would say is um, encourage ownership at every single step of a pro- the process with, with young people. Um, and an important part of that step is launching them. Um, if we're not launching disciples, then it's not really discipleship because they should be empowered to go make other disciples. And that's a scary thought, um, but, but launch, launch your disciples. The other thing that I think is really, really key that Jordan brought up um, is that, that mall concept, that model, assist, watch, um, and launch, that we need to be, we're not creating pr- just a program um, or a system that we're apprenticing, yeah. apprenticing students in the Christian life.
1: And one more thing too, um, find other youth ministers and do it with them. That's great. Don't yeah. don't That's try so to good. don't try to do this by yourself. Um, try find other youth ministers and journey with them together because you're gonna have failures of your own that you can share with them and you can save them a heartache, you know. And they're gonna have wins that you can actually apply to yourself and, yeah. and try to. So find other people who are doing this in in the diocese in the area. Um, find even a Protestant brother or sister who's willing mm. to to have a conversation with you about what's working and not working, and especially about how to empower youth really well. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. Share your scars, share your battle stories and gain from each other's insights and experiences. And in fact, we would love to have all of you out there share your insights and experiences and questions on this concept of guiding uh, our adults to be able to better support and empower our young people. You've been listening to the Youth Ministry Mindset Podcast with voices from Alpha and Y Disciple out of Net
3: Ministries. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you again soon. This has been the Youth Ministry Mindset Podcast, a limited series with voices from Alpha and Y Disciple. To view the show notes from today's episode or to submit a question for our hosts, visit youthministrymindset.com. Be sure to stay connected with Alpha and Y Disciple on social media. Connect with Alpha on Facebook at facebook.com alpha or head to their website at alphausa.org youth. Connect with Y Disciple at facebook.com slash Y Disciple Leader or at ydisciple.com. The Youth Ministry Mindset podcast is sponsored by Net Ministries, NET Ministries, challenging young Catholics to love Christ and embrace the life of the church through retreat and discipleship ministry. 2.2 million young people reached since 1981. To learn more about the mission of NET Ministries or to book a NET retreat, visit netusa.org. We'll see you next time.